Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is, of course, a member of the Believe podcast family. That is spelled B L E A V. Um, and it's not B E L I E B E, even though that's what it maybe should be. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Email me at the comedy bureau at gmail.com if you think my network should change its name. So I would stop making fun of it. And maybe, they, I don't know, maybe they would give me more ads if I stopped, if I didn't make fun of their name as much. Also, that's why on your favorite podcast platform, it reads Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The name of the podcast is the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Not believe in. I wouldn't ask you to do that. But enough of that, Michigas. On to the this week's lovely, lovely guests. Uh, the 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 minds, the uh, the forces of nature behind Adult Swim's uh, latest series, Teenage Euthanasia. That is the name of the show. Please give it up for Allison Levy and Alyssa Nutting. Hello. Woo. Thanks for joining me, both of you. Uh, how how's it going? I mean, so great! Thanks for having us. No problem. I, for so long, this is episode eight eighty of this podcast. I used to ask, "So how's how's this time been?" And now I feel like we're at a new point where I don't ask that anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's, I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> you should have probably you know, always. You or you should have just always been asking people that way. Right. Really. Yeah. Well, I'm, I was, I don't know about you guys, but I'd actually love to hear your answer. I'm always invested emotionally for whatever you answer the question, how's it going with? Like, if you want to go in deep and dark, okay, I'm on board. It's not a social nicety for me. Um, yeah, I, I get easily spooked by people going way too fast into their personal problems, which I think is why it often does happen to me because I like actually live in fear of asking people the wrong question that then makes them tell me something crazy personal and right. traumatizing. And, but actually that happens all the time. And right. I, I, I try to never do that to people, um, but yeah, I'm private. <laughs> <laughs> I have one of those like confessional faces. Mm -hmm. Like people tell me horrible things yeah. about themselves. Like things that they they shouldn't tell anyone. You right. know, um, they just take one look at me and they're like, I'm gonna leave that curse with you. Oh, um, so how do, how do you interpret? Yeah, I mean, I think you could read that as like you're a kind, understanding face, or mm -hmm. like, oh, here's here's a victim for me being an a, an emotional vampire. That sounds more. Like well, I think I think Alyssa's actually really empathetic. Yes. Um, but I think people sense from me like, oh, she can take it. Like right. she just like maybe I present like, oh, that's not gonna bother me. But right. no, like, I, you know, I, I get a lot of, um, I don't, I don't, I always say like, I really don't want to hear it or, <laughs> or actually people's hopes and dreams. That's another right. thing people will deposit with you, right. their hopes and dreams. And I, I don't even know what to, I mean, maybe that's actually going to go away now. Maybe no one has hopes and dreams, but for oh, a long time, right. that really spooked me was like, I get that. To respond to people's hopes and dreams. Right. I feel like if they're, I wish that like the stand up, like the, the inner uh, workings of Stan McConaughey was uh, like a little bit more known to the general public. So you could give the light to the, uh, like whoever you're talking to and they would know to just like, all right, that's enough. Okay. I gotta, I gotta wrap this up. This is going a little too long. Um, I had what you're uh, talking about, Allison, when I, uh, through a random party ended up sort of befriending a sex worker. Um, and I was just like curious about like, what, what is, what, what is this person's life really like? You know, we have all these uh, TV shows about it and what you read, but like, you know, here's a real, like, you know, <laughs> real person. And I, I uh, uh, hung out with them for maybe four months 
And I do know a lot of sex. I've known a lot of sex workers since, and they're great. But um, this person just happened to be an awful human being. <laughs> and I think part of what she sensed in me or interpreted the, about me was kind of what you're talking about of like, oh, I just like have nowhere to place all this trauma I experience at work every day. It's But this this comedian who nobody knows, like he'll listen. He's, he's a great repository for that. Yeah, maybe some people just just any lit, like breathing person for like those kinds like and I'm I'm really good with boundaries. It's, it's probably my best thing. Right. And so I, I like that. I really work pretty hard so that something like that would never happen to me. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, occasionally. But right. yeah, that, that those people that they'll really glom mm -hmm. on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my roommate's a little bit like that. But fortunately, I am. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I was going to say I'm out of town. She's also out of town, like 50 miles away from Brooklyn right now, which is why, why? Uh, I don't know. But um, do have you, so you say you're good at setting boundaries. Have you ever just like walked away from somebody that's like just laying out their trauma? I mean, not like walk away, but like, I'll, I've stopped returning calls yeah, from people that I just knew was like never gonna shift or I'm pretty good with a tough talk like right. with people like you keep saying you're gonna like whatever you need help with this that it's like where's that script like yeah. I don't know you want a tv show like where is it like you've been saying for three years you're gonna write right. like a pilot script like oh. I'm actually done talking yeah. to you. actual trauma I feel like I I'm in, you know, if you're, okay. you've got that person in front of you, right. like I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it. That's I'm probably better at that than the hopes and dreams people. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I get that. That actually More yeah. by hopes and dreams. For hopes sure. and dreams. Well, let's do a poll for all the listeners. Uh, yeah. Just send in your vote on whether hopes or dreams are just dead. Um, <laughs> across the board for everybody. You know, there's over 4 million people that died from COVID. Yeah, I mean, that seems like it tracks. Um, I, I, there's, you know, as we all are going through, we're running into people we haven't seen for like a year and a half, two years. And I was at the show where I saw somebody who I thought was my friend and like, they're very funny. They're still very funny. But I came up to them after the show to just say, hey, that was really, really great. And they're like, oh, thank you, thank you. How's it been? I'm like, is the worst year and a half of my life. And I even said like bullet points. So I'm like, going to make this quick. And I made it only like halfway through. And she's like, I can't. And then she walked off. And I thought it was a bit. We at the end of their yeah. 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 That hurt. <laughs> that really hurt. It's okay. But you know what? You don't need that person listening to your traumas. No, no. They, yeah, they cannot. They can't offer any anything of that. Um, has any of this sort of like, has this informed teenage euthanasia at all? Or was this like made pre-pandemic or like, how did that work? Both. Yeah, we, um, we began, we began this, um, I mean, really talking about it, um, you know, doing kind of like the, the groundwork in like, 2016. Wow. And, um, you know, did, did two different animatics mm -hmm. for it. Um, and, and that, that was pre pandemic. Right. Um, At a time where we thought we could lose any more hope. Right. Right. <laughs> and, you know, the show, the show kind of, um, you know, was a bit more apocalyptic. Uh -huh. Um, you know, and, and a little bit more, um, cheekily hopeless, you know, <laughs> I mean, still in, you know, like the yuck, yuck, funny way, you know, right, right, it, right. it was never a, a downer, Sure. but, um, you know, once kind of like, just, we were, you know, steamrolled like by the Trump years. And then that, you know, was followed up with like the one to, you know, pandemic chokehold, we're like, we need joy, we need laughs, right, you know, like, this has to be a fun place, like, so we don't have a breakdown writing it, you know, right. like, we right. need 
an active uh, escape room. Right. And, and kudos to you guys. I, I think it is actually like even, you know, with how um, explicit it is or how dark the objective sub subject matter is. It's very fun and like hopeful in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was our, you know, floating door in the Titanic, you know, I, like we just we climbed on, you know. I, yeah, we started uh, writing the season April like the first week in April, 2020. Whoa. Um, it was literally, I had just fled New York City and uh -huh. like everyone was really locked in. So we wrote it real, you know, we wrote the first like drafts of everything really quick because our us and we had five writers, but everyone was like locked in their house. Like no one was like going anywhere. Um, but it was also like, you really didn't know what was gonna happen. Right, I mean, especially, yeah, and really did No, no, not at all. Did you do, I mean, that's so early on. Did you even do writer's rooms over Zoom or? It was uh, all over Zoom. Yeah. Okay. It was all over Zoom. We were, I think like someone was just saying like, we were like probably one of the first rooms. Right. Um, just because we were like completely ready to go. Right. Um, and then there was the pandemic and I'm just of that mind like, just there's a momentum to things like you just you just have to kind of keep going like you yeah. know no matter what it is like right otherwise right. if you don't like things fall apart and so right. and our show is always like you know is this gonna actually make it to air so it was like let's just keep going here and right especially for like shows that i mean so many weird things happen to just tv we're like, okay, we'll, we're not going to shoot this season and we're going to make an animated special or right. we're just going to cancel the show or like, you know, whatever, like no one knew. Right. I remember like literally, cause I run our, the product, um, you know, PFR is my, also my production company and our company produces the show. And I remember like there being a moment, like, like, will the banking system, like, will they like transfer the money to us so that we can, like, there was like a weird moment because like right. people couldn't get in to like make the financial system work. Right. Like, right at the, like we were still, it was kind of like that, like, what is going to happen? <laughs> you know, really, how bad is it going to get? And, um, you know, I think a bunch of the writers on our show have said like it, sort of kept them going like we knew we met like four hours a day it was right. very like structured during you know all of april and maybe into may and then right. then we we was we were kind of done with our room but yeah it was sort you know and people would be like um i'm not gonna make it to the meeting i think i have covid and like whatever no one ever did but it was you know it was very weird right um, how but, how was the virtual writer's rooms experience because i've heard kind of um you know, opinions all across the board. It's some people, they're like, I hope we keep doing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we plan to keep doing it. Yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, it, it is one thing that's great. Um, you know, like Allison and I are bi-coastal creators, mm -hmm. you know, so I mean, that that's nice. You know, we can both be in our homes right. uh, in LA and, and New York. Um, and then we can have writers from anywhere in the world, really, we want. Right. Um, but I mean, I think like it also, it also just kind of like forces you to make some acknowledgements about productivity in general, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I think like in any room, you know, whether it's like virtual or in person after like two to three hours, you know, like if you don't take a break, like there's going to be a lull. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I, I think like in, in some ways it's, it's kind of really nice, you know, in, in that you you know, aren't, aren't kind of like, you get to sort of cut out the whole, you know, what's, what's, what are you gonna do this weekend? You know, I mean, like it, <laughs> to, to get to right, know, right. you know, other people, but there are definitely, you know, I think everyone, you know, who's been like, no matter what you do, you know, like has just like, there've been times at school and meetings at your desk where you're just like, geez, you know, like <laughs> I would so much rather, you know, just uh, cut out like the wait time and and get home. So um, the just the the productivity aspect is nice, where you can really like check in. You know, get a lot of things done together. Right. Go right. You know, like on your own, um, get a lot of things done. Right. I think, yeah, it worked for us. Did it, even though it was uh, over Zoom, did, did people still waste a bunch of time watching YouTube videos? 
<laughs> just like putting them in the chat and like, oh, have you seen this one? No, that's what I was saying to Alyssa. It really avoided the YouTube video yeah. watching. Um, and also it made people write more because Alyssa would do the assignments and it's like, okay, you have to turn in like five half page outlines by tomorrow. And then right. we'd like have them. And like, um, and I like looking at the writing. Um, I don't know. Alyssa and I have passed scripts back and forth so much more than we talk through stuff. Um, uh, so to me, it's just a lot more comfortable. I don't know. Right. Probably not for everybody. But not for, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I assume, well, I, I, I wonder if that speaks to the sort of um, social outlets of certain writers. Like if you're somebody who writes, but still goes out that you're like, yeah, no, I'm fine with just doing the work. I'm here to do the work. But if you're someone who's just like, like a homebody through and through, like, wait, this is my only social outlet. Like, I don't get to talk to other people. I bet they miss that. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, we know. were always like, does anyone want to work in pairs? And everyone was always like, no. So we were like, okay, everybody works alone. So we would like log off. Cause you know, I thought maybe some people would right. like that, but none of the people we happen to have or right. Even I'm saying Alyssa and I very rarely speak. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, about oh, really? Ideas. It's, <laughs> it's very much passing scripts back and forth like a thousand times. Wow. Um, sometimes we'll talk through stuff, but. Wait, is this going to be the, like the longest conversation you've had in a while? <laughs> and we also, we like to chit chat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we don't, not necessarily yeah. you know, about the show, but we have a lot. We like to chit chat. Oh, that's great. Uh, wait, were you like friends before you partnered up creatively or how did you guys two, how did you come together? No, I mean, we, we, I, mean, I think we were we like really admirers of each other's work. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and like, I mean, I knew, I think like that's another kind of nice thing just about like creative people, you know, like, like they're sometimes you're you're wrong but I think like like for me it's like the 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 sort of the older I get like the it's increasingly rare that I'm wrong it's like I can see something right. and I can know I can know like I loved this right but I would hate the person who made it <laughs> um I hated this but I would love the person that made it Right. I hate them both or I love them both, you know? Right. And like, right. like with Allison, I always knew like it was an, I love them both. Like, like I just knew, you know, um, like, like before I met her, I, I knew, mm -hmm. I knew that that was true. Like mm -hmm. we didn't have to like take a lot of time to be friends, you sure. know, like we just- No, I, I mean, it not, cause we've never lived in the same place either, but yeah. I yeah. wish we did. I, I yeah. actually recently proposed to Alyssa and she said yes, but um, <laughs> the, the um, but we don't, but oh. it's a, like it just sort of came from just being, I don't know, an easy creativity between right. us. Right. Wait, did, you, did you just like reach out to each other online first and that's how you started to, as admirers of each other's work? I had yeah. read the, the short story collection of Alyssa's mm -hmm. and just thought, which I, you know, I still I actually think, but like, you know, whatever. I just had been wanting to make um, animated shows with women creators for Adult Swim as right. like a long time Adult Swim person. And as soon as I read Alyssa's, I was like, you know, it's gonna, I didn't have like this whole big list of women that I thought would really fit in at Adult Swim, but I always thought from the right. second I read Alyssa's stuff that she would, and that it made sense. I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? Like, uh, I, you not only it's uh, both of them sort of situation as you outlined that you love them and you like them as people and then uh, you guys end up working together. And, you know, I think there's, I, I would say in comedy, but I think that kind of just extends to any sort of creative pursuit of like, um, you know, I think a lot of the best work uh, collaboratively anyway, comes from like finding like-minded people that you really enjoy what they do and how they express themselves. And then uh, you can count on that leading you somewhere versus like, oh, after, you know, five years of writing, I, I'm supposed to get like, you know, staffed or whatever. Yeah, no, it's weird. Yeah. I feel like it's lucky that we found each other and Right. It's, you know, 
know, it's just been a really enjoyable process. And, yeah. and I'm like obsessed by partners and partnerships, especially mm -hmm. comedy ones, and them going terribly awry or how people combust. And uh -huh. I mean, maybe I guess Alyssa and I might too at some point. <laughs> That's the thrill of it. You never so know. Far, really. I don't see exactly how it will happen. Sure. Soon will become more evident, but not yeah, I mean, it might be a red flag if you knew exactly how it was going to happen. I mean, Alyssa's a cancer. Uh huh. And that's like a really big warning sign. Yeah, and you're, <laughs> and you're like, what? It's a very. I'm a Leo. Okay. Which maybe is too, but cancers, I feel like, are. I don't know, that just feels dangerous, but so far, surprisingly. I mean, I do have empathy for people who are cancers because of just the stigma of the word cancer being labeled upon. Like, it's hard to like yeah. kind of separate that. Totally. I, I know I remember finding it out and just being mm -hmm. like, what is this? You know, like there's no other terminal illness, astrological yeah. sign. No, not at all. Not at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, are do cancers and Leos not get together or are they not to uh, is everything okay? Oh, I um it does oh, not wow. detect motion. I'm so I, relaxed. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, your lights went off. Because yeah. <laughs> you were like still. Right. Yeah. I was still. I was sitting. <laughs> My first husband was. A Leo and we were married 12 years mm -hmm. and I mean we're you know we're amicable right yeah I mean do you I, really buy into the astrology I because I'm I'm very skeptical of almost everything um but people who know me say I am I am a Libra and they're like you're the most Libra person we've ever met <laughs> hmm and what do they mean by that do you know um, generally they mean that I'm big into aesthetics and I like balance and order. Hmm. Yeah. All I have a thing. lot of Libras in my life and I like them a lot and they're usually very creative and kind and funny and keep to themselves. It's, they've, they're good with boundaries too, I think Libras and, uh, you know, but sometimes the like everything having to be equal thing and is, is very annoying because I'm much more just like frenetic as a person. Uh -huh. And sure. so, and I don't like to plan things out at all. Uh -huh. And I am very instinctual um, and uh -huh. really not logical, like fundamentally not <laughs> logical. Uh -huh. um, and I feel almost like a, a burdened by people who are logical or wanna, Right. I'm, I, I'm always like apologizing to the like animators and the like people taking right. notes from me because it's it's just so I, I don't like to go straight through beginning to end. I'm sure Alyssa's witnessed some of this as well. I, I like <laughs> to move around. It's like through right. order of importance. Right. But like only I understand that. And sure. That's a probably a pretty annoying quality that Libras don't like because I feel right. like yeah. Well, you know, that's where I, through the circumstances of how I was born, there's no way I can know the rest of my star chart. Mm. Um, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, and just very, very, very shortly, like uh, my, I'm adopted and my birth mother, like abandoned me in a church when I was nine days old because she was on the run from terrorists. And so like, I don't know where I was really born and I don't know what time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, people who are huge into astrology, I love their answer. Like, oh yeah, I mean, you don't, but you know, we can go to a psychic and they'll just tell you. And I'm like, great, <laughs> that's even more true. Thank you. Well, I like I um I very recently found out because I never like knew enough about it to know, you know, like the whole chart thing. Uh huh. I was thinking that so I was I'm a cancer, you know, like sun, and then a cancer moon too. So like right. double cancer, but then I'm a Virgo mm -hmm. rising, which was like right. a shockeroo, you know, right. to me. But then like once I started looking at it, I'm like, uh -huh. I am a Virgo rising. I think that makes sense. I yeah. think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Wait, so is the rising I the one you present as or the one that you are like, oh, this is like kind of who I am on the inside a little bit. Yeah, it's more like you wouldn't guess it, you know? Right. Like, well, I don't know. I actually don't know. But for me, it's uh -huh. like, 
like that's my you know uh mm-hmm. it's like the things yeah like I think like there are some sort of like organizational things that I think like people would be shocked to know about me you know sure. that kind of thing are you also fundamentally illogical like Allison <laughs> yeah I mean in in ways you know okay. I like I do I think I have I think like narrative logic is mm-hmm. is actually like one of my favorite things mm-hmm. but it's it's le- it's like because it's a favorite thing you know mm-hmm. like as opposed to getting annoyed like without like I would get delighted you know like right. as we're like figuring it all out you know sure. it's like she doesn't take my pieces you mm-hmm. know what I mean it's mm-hmm. like my pieces are always there and like I don't take her pieces like we're interested in different pieces right yeah. Yeah. yeah, like Alyssa is really good with like wh- how like the narrative logic part. Um, but then I feel like I'm good at like cutting it out, like getting rid of stuff and editing, um, which yeah, like I think I, I, I'm not precious ever about anything. Right. Um, so it's like, I, I don't really get attached to anything. So it, it just, you know, that that's, I think like a, one of our, a very good, personality thing and, and Alyssa's a really good writer and will write a lot but then the lines can't be that long or you know whatever we we're constantly having to get it shorter and shorter and shorter and so that that works out pretty well I think. yeah kill your darlings right I mean for me it's never like the, the animators and everyone's always like you're never gonna get this to time I'm like oh <laughs> like you know, I've already there's like already like oh, this like yes, 15 sir. things I want to cut um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me of uh, I think the guy. The guy's name is Mike Sweeney. He was like the head writer at Conan, and they were doing like a writers panel that I was at. And he was saying how uh, Conan's often like that, <laughs> where he like walked through it at dress, and they had some weird sketch where they hung seagulls uh, in the rafters, and he uh, he said um, Conan walked on stage, and he's like, "Oh, can't wait to cut that." <laughs> No, it makes me feel better. Like actually right. I have like a weird, like when we when, when we start cutting, it's like my favorite part of it. Right. It's like, oh, that just feels so much better. I've been wanting to get rid of that for seven months because with animation, it lives with you for so long. It takes so long to make it. And you're like, right. it's always good to record everything and then animatic everything. And then you don't, and even like make them animate things you're not a hundred percent on and then you can get rid of it. But it, right. it's, right. it's, it's great. That, yeah, that, that, is, that is great. Anyhow, uh, I'm curious. So, like, can you give me an example of how this like plays out in teenage euthanasia? I mean, this is so fascinating to me. Of like, uh, you know, um, both of your writing process together collaboratively, because I do think it works. Um, but I just want to hear from you guys. Hmm. Um, can you think of a good one? Let's see. Well. I mean, there, there's like just so one, I mean, one thing like I can say too, just like about, you know, like edits and cutting in general, you know, I mean, it's like, um, I think it's like the no scars thing, you know, it's like, that's just like when, you know, like you've had this perfect excision, you know, it's like, if I watch, you know, this like cut Allison has done mm-hmm. and I don't like remember you know even kind of like what's missing right um you know like like I didn't I didn't have this like oh but you know and and I think like like it's so kind of like rare and occasional that like we'll we'll have that feeling but I think we both do like at times you know like sometimes it's like in the script and then you know like sometimes it's in editing you know where we just have like oh wait but I missed that Mm-hmm. you know um and that that feeling is like so rare you know that that kind of like we will yeah go well i mean just in the there in the there's an episode that focuses on trophies crotch beetles yeah you know, for example um that's coming up and initially like we saw a lot of the crotch beetle mm-hmm. infrastructure you know, yeah. um, and I mean, I think- I like, love that that is a thing for your show, the crotch <laughs> people infrastructure. 
Totally. And I mean, I think like a, another thing, you know, a, maybe it's a season one thing, but I, I feel like when you're like building a world, like it, it is so expansive, you know, right. but, but so often it's like first, like the first draft, it's like, we're kind of figuring out something for, uh, for ourselves mm -hmm. that may or may not, you know, be necessary to the narrative, like, you mm -hmm. know, whatsoever. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean, we, you know, we just like used to see, yeah, like, like this whole, um, you know, like this whole like dialogue, you know, between like Trophy and the Beatles and kind of like her ordering, you know, like different makeup looks and like, okay. you know, them attempting it, you know, like, like not necessary, um, you know, like in, in like another episode, you know, like based on um, they're playing the popular, Annie and Trophy are playing the popular paternity game, you know, like uh, Daddy, It's Me. Mm -hmm. uh, where you know like you you get to learn you know who your father is you know, <laughs> once you win the game you know and in the beginning of the episode you know at, at first we're thinking oh you know like we really need to like hammer home you know that Annie like longs for a dad you know right. so let's have her like going around the neighborhood right like let's have her like riding her bicycle and like you know crash into you know like this like father and daughter you know, who like are riding their bicycles together, you know, right. and they run her over and then she sees like a father alligator, you know, like playing with this baby alligator, huh. you right. know, and it's like happy Father's Day for the whole world, but me, you know, um, and we ended up like not needing any of it, you know, it's like mm -hmm. she just sees a commercial for the game and she wants <laughs> to know where her dad is. Um, <laughs> Right. So, so yeah, I think like a lot of times it's almost like we have to like give ourselves permission first. Sure. You know, like through like all these narrative steps. Um, but then we realize like we didn't need that permission. Right. Right. And we have like uh, a lot of creativity, like with the opens and closes, you know, like, you know, of like different formal things that have come in and out. Like we have the in the one about spring break that starts and ends with those alligators. Like we change that like a whole bunch of times to right. sort of depending like on what like felt like the best and what was the funniest and just, I don't know, like I like a lot of like that kind of like formal freedom and all like, I don't know, I, hopefully people stayed through. We have a lot of scenes at the after our credits. Right. I mean, just, you know, we have lots of cold opens and closes and buttons and like I don't know all that kind of stuff that would sort of come in and out or we we sometimes we'll have like four endings for an episode which is right. another thing Liz and I are really just fond of um right. but you know that might be too many for people but not for us right. um so <laughs> I love it I, th I have this working theory that multicam sitcoms were so uniform for so long mm. um that I think a current generation of like, you want to call them content consumers or whatever, TV watchers, they enjoy this sort of like breaking a format within a show or just like changing things up all the time. Like they don't mind. Um, like, you know, in Atlanta, for instance, like there's almost nothing is um, serialized at all. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, even warm. Yeah, one episode's like a David Lynch out thing, and another one is just you know kind of more traditional. And then or Donald Glover's not even in it. Um, but yeah, I I think that I, you know maybe that's a grandiose thing, but maybe that's where like kind of storytelling on TV is going because um, that's what we want the change for. Yeah. Well, there's some freedom now that you're not wedded. Well, especially on streaming too, to like the breaks and like how things, you know, have to start. I mean, Atlanta is amazing and did, yeah. had to deal with all that, but right. you know, like I think, you know, and, and we we are on actual television and have to deal with it too. But I, I think like, to me, it's like all those things I always really liked to sort of simultaneous narratives. And, you know, I don't know, I've always been really drawn to all that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah. we've made a lot of formerly adventurous shows here but like this one I just felt like we don't want to have rules that it always has to have a cold open or it always like we're, we're just constantly like per episode whatever made the right. most sense yeah and I I I personally enjoy that too I wonder if that's like a generational thing or you know uh, being 
online thing or whatever. It is actually interesting it's to know. cooler than Godard, you know, and uh -huh. that's old, yeah. you know, It's like all that sort of extremely uh, right. adventurous, formal. My favorite, one of my favorite movies is Contempt. And it yep. has some weird, awesome parts to it. Absolutely. How do you say it? Les Mepris? That's a, I remember the Criterion case. But yeah, I think that I actually like that more than, you know, um, Breathless gets shouted out all the time, but I, I think I enjoy Contempt more than Breathless. It is a comedy news podcast, so I do have to run through these. Um, and feel free to chime in on anything you want. Okay. So Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider, uh, who formerly were at SNL, they um, have had a lot of success with their current series, The Other Two, which was on Comedy Central, but found its way to HBO Max, uh, which seems to be Comedy Central's like Game plan these days, they are developing a new half-hour comedy series at HBO um, that is described as a dark psychological comedy set in the year 2000 about a closeted gay teen who constantly dissociates and imagines he's a famous straight actor merely playing the role that is until he meets someone who upends his entire way of thinking. Sounds great. Sounds sounds fun. What, it, what are people's obsession with just like, just, just, pre 9-11. Oh, because Just, that's like the good part. Yeah. Where we're every everybody like was watching TRL and we had we hadn't we were worried about Y2K, but not really. Well, it's just also there's no internet. Oh yeah. Yeah, the internet wasn't really like a thing. Yeah, like you didn't that. take your like cell phones, like cell we phone. had them, but you had like minute, remember? It's like mm -hmm. like I remember I got it, but it was like it was, I could only text a certain amount of texts, you know, right. like a day and like a certain amount of minute. It was like not something I whipped out. All right. the internet definitely was not on it. Yeah. And it's right. just so much more fun to write something, I think, if mm. there's no like self, like cell phones like cause a lot of things to just be easily resolved or well. Oh, like, I, like so many horror movies, you know, it's like if you have your cell phone, it's fine, you know. You like I'm watching Squid Game, and they keep having to like make you know that they can't use their phone. They keep right. right. That guy can't get to the phone. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that sounds fun. I like 2000. 2000 was such a fun. All that. Yeah, I I didn't know how I didn't remember how fun it was. Not if you're a closeted gay teen, though. No. Yeah. Right. Very that, true. That would not be good. Yeah, that would not be good. That was that was also a high stakes. Yes. But I like this. I like this premise. Yeah, that's what makes it a great premise. Right. I I think Pen Fifteen made me remember how fun that time was. Oh, it's such a good show. Yeah, it is. Um, and I'm looking. I mean, Chris Kelly and Sarah, uh, they're really, really, really great. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see what's going to come with that. Um, next item of news, uh, HBO Max, again, and Water Media Access are partnering to uh, launch a new program to highlight underrepresented talent in animation uh, with their animated shorts program. Um, they're going to provide up to seven artists from historically underrepresented communities with the mentorship, training, and tools required to create original one to five minute animated shorts for adult audiences. They're going to be mentored through the uh, process and they'll have an opportunity to uh, bring a project to uh, a global audience via HBO Max. Uh, I hope that doesn't end there. I hope, I mean, like the point of the program, I hope would be that they actually end up getting to make a show or something. Um, do you know any more about this or like, I mean, I is they should have asked me to mentor somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, HBO Max, you're listening? Like, I, I always feel like there's just not that many women that direct this stuff at all. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so no, I hope they, um, they all, you know, whatever in general, it's, uh, I mean, our crew was a pretty diverse one and I bet like a bunch of them would have some very interesting ideas for such a opportunity. Right, absolutely. 
Oh, you want to say something, Melissa? Oh, yeah, no, just uh, agreed. Agreed, and uh, animation is getting like very female. That's um, great. Because yeah. I remember it wasn't too long ago that Adult Swim got in hot water for, you know, uh, like, oh, we don't have any women led anything. Mm -hmm. um, and wait, are you are, are you guys an instrumental part in turning the tide there? No. I mean, we we part of a tide. Okay. But there, no. I mean, I, I've been there personally a long time. It, I think they just, they, it was always a really diverse place, but I sure. think just the taste of the people who ran it, they like, that was, they tried at various times to, but they never tried really hard enough. And, it, yeah. and uh, but you know, it seems like they're, it's an animation is so heavily, there's like some real gatekeeping around animation. So I, I like, oh, yeah. I had no idea how hard it was going to be uh, in general. And then right. Alyssa and I had, some other thing developed that we were developing too that was just felt impossible. So I don't, the fact that anyone gets an animated show on the air is kind of a miracle, but right. I think for marginalized groups, it's it's even harder. Yeah, for right. sure. Oh, I, I agree. I uh, I binged through Love, Death, and Robots, and um, there's maybe three women credited at all between animation and the stories which the animation was based on. Wow. Yeah. And that includes, there was like a story about like um, a woman like cage fighter uh, who was like a sexual assault survivor. And that was not written by a woman. Well, there's like a bunch of new animated shows that premiered with us that are with women protagonists and not created by women. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's like people saw the writing on the wall there, but like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's it. I, it's not. It's not enough. I think. Right. Yeah. Because right, it just it does really does change like the whole dynamic of like you know notes and what jokes are acceptable and right. it's like everyone's so careful but like mm -hmm. to the detriment of like you know whatever like it, it like all these men are making decisions about what women can say is funny or not it's that's sort of what we were like up against in a different project but like right. i think that will happen more and more unless like you know the more women who create these shows and, right. and that's what i can speak to mostly but i'm sure you know whatever right. is and not. it is exciting and it is different and I, those I think go hand in hand with when I'm seeing female-led animated, like not only your show, but like Tuca and Birdie is like, whoa, this is not like anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope it keeps happening and hopefully that program is part of it. Last news item, um, they're making Silver Linings Playbook into a musical um, that to <laughs> open on Broadway. Why does everything have to be a musical now? I don't know, but I'm from Philadelphia and I hope when they do it that they oh. make them do Philadelphia accents because <laughs> actually Bradley Cooper went to my high school. Right. He's just called Brad Cooper. But, um, sure. and uh, he does a super great Philadelphia accent, but in the movie they don't, it takes place in Philadelphia and they right. are definitely the kind of Philadelphians that would have Philadelphia accents, right. but uh, you know, De Niro, you know, they, it's like the whole like Eagles instead of Eagles, you know, whatever they're huge Eagles fans. Like, right. so as a Philadelphia person, I don't really care why they're making it into anything else, but I just hope they, you know, that's that mayor of East town. They worked so hard to get all the Philadelphia right. accents, right. And it, it is enjoyable. And I hope they do that. Yeah. I yeah. will. We'll see. Would you, would you want them to sing in a Philadelphia accent? I don't even know how that would work, but. Yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> I really want like all of the reality shows to be uh -huh. musical. Like I want to, you know, right. see like my day Beyonce, the musical. I think um, I'd actually be on board for that. <laughs> the musical is another. I, I mean, I think you might be manifesting this, Alyssa, because like. I, I want Alf the musical. I love, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's Alf's time for a resurgence. Cause like, not only, I mean, I feel like everything is just going musicals. The last season of Dear White People is a musical. Um, the last season of Transparent was a musical. Like,
like there's all these live action musicals that keep on happening and uh yeah people people are not stopping <laughs> or networks are not oh, stopping teenage euthanasia musical one Joe day. Firestone just texted me that she just saw someone wearing a teenage euthanasia sweatshirt. <laughs> oh wow! That could only be like people ah. who work on our show because they are on. <laughs> yeah, and it was about in New York City, so that's like that's really kind of cute. That's awesome. Yeah, I was just like, you guys, you haven't even finished season one yet. It's that. No. Yeah, but we did make a really cool sweatshirt that we're giving away on our Instagram. Wow! So is it a hoodie or is it like a? Is it's it, a hoodie. I'm sorry? It's a hoodie. Oh, fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah, I almost wore it. I'll show yeah. you. Oh, yeah, please do. Um, it has it has crotch beetles. Yeah. Lavender. Right. It has neon. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, see? Oh, looky there. There it is. Oh, sweet. That is great. Really good sweatshirt. So we've been right. giving them away. Yeah, right. our Abby James, who's our art director, right, and a really good person to follow if you're on Instagram as a new person on Instagram because she really gets into it. But um, she designed that and she designs most of our stuff, and she's great. That's great. Um, so that is it for the news. And I, since you uh, you mentioned it, I, I and talking about teenage euthanasia again. What is the origin of the crotch beetles how did that what was the inception of that it's definitely I mean, a thing so i don't <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, was the like said it and i was like but I don't remember what got to that. Though. Well, okay. So when you grow up in Florida, like there was one like urban, like legend sleepover myth always, right? Is like some girl is sleeping, like roaches are a big thing in Florida, you know? Right. And it's like, you know, and a, and a roach crawled into her vagina. Like, you know, every like urban like legend ends with uh -huh. like, and a roach crawled into her vagina. Right. Um, and we were just kind of like thinking about like what superpowers, you know, with this like reanimated corpse have, right. um, you know, and I was just really thinking about that kind of like Floridian myth. And if you were to be reanimated when you had bugs mm -hmm. in, you know, the, the vaginal canal of your corpse, you know, like <laughs> maybe they would get animated with you right. and then sort of be your little helpers that do your bidding. I definitely think that reads as like a Florida headline, like Florida woman goes to sleep and cry, like beetles crawl into oh, her. Yeah. A thousand percent. Like I will never, I wear like five pairs of like shorts to bed, you know, when I go back <laughs> to visit, not because I've ever had an incident. Right. It's just like, why do you want to open up the window to that? You know, See, that's the Florida version. The Pennsylvania version is it's like is something crawling into your ear. Right. And I like the Florida version, which I never <laughs> knew until now. But when as soon as Alyssa said it, I just thought, well, oh, that that sounds right. Yeah. Right. That's right. So did you wear earmuffs to sleep? <laughs> no, but I definitely like felt like I I hate camping. Right. Uh, and would mm -hmm. never voluntarily do it. And it, you know, I don't want any, yeah, any kind of hood. I think I would just like probably do more like this. Also, I'm very always afraid of bats. You know, the whole thing where bats get caught in your hair. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a big thing. Wait, what, what, where is that coming? I have not heard about that. You never that. heard that? No. Well, not yet. When I grew up, there's a lot of bats. Okay. And you, rural Pennsylvania, and you're always like the rumor was like a bat would get caught into your hair. Right. Uh, and I remember once playing tennis outside like at dusk with a friend and right. something about the balls noise like uh -huh. attracted a whole bunch of bats. And we were like pulled up our, you know, we the one thing, you know, whatever. It was actually my friend Dee Dee Quinn who went to become, um, she was in Miss Congeniality. She's oh, cool. yeah, her and wow. I were playing tennis in rural Pennsylvania growing up. And then, yeah, I actually just watched that movie again for the second time ever last week. But mm -hmm. Dee Dee Quinn, there she is. 
And that's another great thing about the Teenage Euthanasia hoodie is that if you are around bats, you can whip it up and they're not going to get in your hair. Do you want me to cut and isolate that so you just have like a ready-made promo? For yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'll cut that up and send it to you guys. Uh, I mean, I did want to know about the crotch peels, but like, so what, what brought you to sort of this like wonderfully expansive uh, world that you create in teenage euthanasia? You said like it was back in 2016. And I mean, do you feel like it was a reaction to that at the time? I think we touched on it a little bit, but then like, how, how did that change through now where, I mean, it is, like I said, fun and hopeful. Like I feel there's redemption in this story a lot and that's what I really love yeah definitely and I mean I think also you know um just in in kind of like various moments with with the there there are there are different things you know that just kind of like keep popping up and and sort of like just make it known you know that like this is like part of the zeit like the unlikely zeitgeist of this show um one of them you know, for the show, like really since its inception was like um, Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't tell you how many different times we were talking to people, like whether it was like vocal actors, whether it was like, you know, with the music mm-hmm. um, and like Gilmore Girls came up, you know, <laughs> and just like the idea of, of kind of, you know, this like, you know, wh- what's a show that's about, you know, like a mom and daughter talking, you know. <laughs> a relationship of any kind you know it was just like right there at at the forefront I mean in ways that I think like we didn't you know even even realize um you know that it is kind of like in some way like the upside down you know version um of of the Gilmore Girls you know but I, I think just like in family in general you know like there there just has to be this this endless you know kind of like feeling of of hope, you know, and like this like cycle of like disappointment and forgiveness and, you know, maybe the next time is going to be better, you know, and I mean, it's, it's just kind of like this relationship um, that, that, you know, yeah, you're, you're always kind of uh, when, when it's not the relationship that you want. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just that evergreen notion of, of maybe somehow we can get there. Right. And I think what people find hope, hopefulness, which I didn't realize kind of till seeing them all, is like the fantasy family like really accepts each other. They're, yeah. they're happy about it. Like they're not like enjoying it really, but there's a lot of acceptance. Um, yeah. And I think maybe, uh, and that might be something Alyssa and I are just looking for in our lives or something. But yeah, I think like that's what really is the hopeful part is that like, there's not a lot of um, scorekeeping right. um, necessarily. And, and there's just sort of a, like even like the, the real one, which is I think between Baba and Trophy, right. um, they still they still have sort of accept, there's a detente there. Like, right. you know, um, and I, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that's sort of the hopefulness, which is probably like, I was thinking a lot, like people think like Trophy's like such a, sort of bad mother character, but in, in like a Homer Simpson kind of way, like she, she's, you know, she's, she's kind of, uh, you never, people are never like, oh, Homer Simpson's such a bad father to heart, right. you know, something like that. Like, you know, like that would never be something someone would come away with from the Simpsons. Um, right. But like, I think, uh, you know, Trophy is like a, the kind of mother that Alyssa and I just were like really wanted to see in action and, um, right. You know, yeah, just. And maybe- yeah, I mean, what, what's different between Trophy and Homer is that like she was a worse mother. And then like, I think she's trying to like in the best way she can as a reanimated corpse with crotch beetles is like making up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, that yeah. is very sweet in so many ways. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I think too, you know, there are just like these elements of like, I mean, like, like one is, I think, you know, also kind of um, religion, you know, and, and just sort of like this sense of like, like I grew up, 
you know, super Catholic. And it was just kind of like, it doesn't matter what you did. You know what I mean? Like, like just confess it, you know, and, and like, you know, get forgiven, you know? And I mean, even just sort of like in this industry, you know, um, like Allison is, is so like, it's, it's so good to, to kind of like work with her because it's like, there's always another idea. You know, it's like, like never when usually like, I think the hardest part for me anyway, of working on a project and getting so like in love with it and invested, it's like, oh, what if it doesn't work out? You know, and I was like, there's always another idea, you know, and there is, you know, like, there like always is. it's true, you know, and, and it's exciting, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I think like, you know, yeah, that, that kind of like energy of like, well, well, let's just kind of start with today, you know, and yeah, these horrible things happened, but you know, like, let's just focus on the horrible things happening now instead of all the horrible things that happened in the past. Um, yeah, it's kind of like all these philosophies just infused in into the family. That's that's great, and I mean, obviously, there's uh, love there <laughs> even between uh, what is a very complicated sort of family dynamic, um, but yet it's still like a, it's still very relatable, you know. And I, I think uh, that I hope to definitely see more of it. Uh, one last question. Um, this just uh, was pondering in my mind after seeing the hoodie. Um, will you guys make a embalming fluid as merch, like a branded embalming fluid? Yeah, an energy drink. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping like the whole time between now and our next season premieres is all collabs. Like I, I'm I'm so jealous when I saw those what we do in the shadows vans. I was like, oh, we could make such good bands. Oh, I have. Oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, be if you had like. embroidered crotch beetles on like vans low tops yeah i have yeah. a lot of thoughts about embroidery actually and i, I want to do like this like yeah i i really hope you know any any clothing brands I, i'm like so yeah, gay baba old world look it'll be great yeah everyone head scars will be the come the new thing <laughs> Um, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Comedy Viewer Film Report. It's really, really been uh, a lovely time to have you both even uh, on my birthday. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, is there anything else you would like to plug? Where uh, can people find you online? And when should they watch Teenage Euthanasia? We're available on a, we're on Adult Swim Sundays at midnight, we premiere, but then we're on demand Mm -hmm. if you have Adult Swim, I think on their app. And then if you don't have cable, you can always feel free to buy it. It's on Amazon or iTunes. And then I, I believe it's, it's going to be on HBO Max in January. Um, But uh, yeah, so that's, that was probably. Follow the show's Instagram accounts. Yeah. At a. Yeah, teenage euthanasia, yeah. all one word. Right. Yeah, we post a lot of clips, and then yeah, we give away the the, the sweatshirts every weekend. And every week, you can get an awesome sweatshirt, and eventually, uh, some maybe some vans and um, embalming fluid. Yeah, that'll be that'll be great. Uh, my name is Jake Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. The Comedy Bureau can be found at thecomedybureau.com and at the Comedy Bureau across socials. There's so many great uh, causes to support at this time. I'd ask if you support those, uh, that'd be great. But you know, if you have money and generosity left over, please support the Comedy Bureau because I've been running for 11 years. Oh yeah, my socials are not the supermarket on Instagram and on Twitter, I'm at Jay Kroger. Um, do you have anything to say as we sign off here? No, just thanks a lot. Any kind of uh, support for our show is, is totally appreciated. And, uh, you know, we're excited to hear what everyone thinks when they see the rest of the episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about you, Alyssa? Do you have any parting, parting remarks? Birthday. Yeah, thanks for having us so much. Thank you. And now I feel like I'm making you say happy birthday to me, but I just am very appreciative. There Thank is, you. yeah, no, I've, I, there's no, no threats, no weapons. Nope, nope. Just from my heart to yours. Oh, thank you. 
Uh, as I like to say, uh, comedy is still happening, and please go support it, uh, especially if it's on TV. You can stay safe from all the variants. Um, and as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it! The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Guineo, artwork by Andrew Delman and KT, and part of the Believe Podcast family. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.